Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Flamingo Sundays podcast. Today, uh, we're joined by someone who I, I feel like is very inspiring, and it's something that I've never really heard of before the business that, that this man's involved in. And um, it's something that I, I think when people hear it um, will really resonate because, you know, you, you, it's to do with fashion. And, and um, when we talk about this, I, I think you, you really, there's going to be a, a light that switches on and you go, wow, I, I never considered uh, this side of fashion. Uh, Matt Skerritt from Every Human, mate. Welcome to the Flamingo Sundays podcast. Thanks for having me, Jack. Appreciate it. Mate, uh, lockdown podcasts, it's uh, it's a lot easier. No travel, straight on the Zoom. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, different way of life, isn't it? 100%. Mate, um, we were just chatting prior to the podcast and, um, mate, I've never heard of, of the industry that you're in before and, to be honest, never actually consciously thought about it um and and i think it's honestly incredible and, it, and it's a huge marketplace i'm sure so matt instead of me explaining what you do um you're obviously the, the founder of every human and um i think it, it'd be awesome if you could you know help the help the listeners understand what business you're in and, and then we'll sort of deep dive into it yeah sure and i mean jack as you said, you haven't heard it come across it before, but I think it's, um, you know, up until about two or three years ago, I hadn't necessarily heard about adaptive fashion and it's something that a lot of people probably still haven't. Um, but it, it's adaptive fashion is essentially where there's been slight alterations um, to, to a piece of clothing or to a foot, uh, pair of shoes um, to make the dressing process easier for a number of people, people with disabilities, people who've gone through and had an injury uh, or the elderly. Uh, so it might be where, you know, uh, you've got a button down shirt uh, and instead of having a traditional button, a magnetic closure will, will, will replace uh, that button. And it just makes for someone with dexterity challenges, that dressing process so much easier. Mate, uh, and like I said, yeah, it's, you know, we, we are, are, are you know, seeing these people and living with these different people every single you know day of our lives and I, I say with people that don't necessarily have a disability or haven't had injuries you know we put our clothes on and it's something that we probably take for granted right it's just like everything happens so easily slip a shirt on and then do your shoelaces up but for people who um you know do have some challenges we don't really think about that side of it or, or that side of the spectrum and um man, I, I think it's awesome yeah, yeah, it's something, you know, unless you're living and breathing it every day, it's not something that you would think of. You know, for a lot of people and uh, around the world, you know, getting up, getting dressed is a 30-second process. Uh, but for many people, and, and the number that's thrown around is there, one in five people have some form of disability um, around the world, and, and that's a lot of people. Uh, and that, you know, that challenge can be frustrating um, and it can take time and it can be an expensive process as well. Um, so ultimately what we're trying to do is make that process easier uh, and, and make these people the focus of, um, of the fashion industry uh, more so than they previously have been. And when you say one in five people, you know, you're probably talking about what 1.2 billion plus people in the world um, that this would, would resonate with on some level, which is yeah, not a small yeah. marketplace. No, it's a lot of people and it's um, these people, you know, uh, they want, you know, solutions, they want choice and, and there hasn't necessarily been that choice there before. So, mate, how, how did this come about? Like, 
Um, fashion is something that I would say most human beings are, are interested in, in in some element. Um, but to get into, I would say, this niche of the marketplace, like how, how did that um, come to fruition? Yeah, it, it's an interesting one. Uh, I don't have a necessarily background in fashion whatsoever. Um, in fact, you know, I went and studied a Bachelor of Business um, uh, at university. Uh, I then, you know, went into the corporate world and, and worked for PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, in their assurance team. Uh, and it was after three or four years there where I transitioned into a family-owned business which uh, owns and operates aged care facilities. Uh, and it was about three months working uh, in, in the family business where this concept of adaptive clothing and footwear uh, came across my desk um, and I thought, you know, it makes complete sense. You know, there's a huge need for it from an aged care perspective. Um, and, you know, after speaking to people, you know, whether it was nurses or, you know, elderly people, uh, I then went and spoke to people with disabilities, uh, you know, friends of friends. And, um, and it was, you know, the, the absolute passion to see something like this, which is, um, you know, one of the reasons for creating it. You know, they were telling us how they wore a pair of Converse shoes um, and to be able to get them on, they would actually get a pair of scissors uh, and cut a slit in the side of them so they could roll them down at the back and then and then get them on. Um, and so it was just speaking to these people who, with, who had such passion for wanting to see something like this, um, which is kind of the driving force behind launching every human but yeah i don't have a background in fashion i've got sort of a corporate corporate finance background um but i saw a huge need for something like this um and it was kind of it, it just sort of all fell into place so so do you have uh, did you say you have a family background in aged care or, or some friends in aged care and that's how you sort of got into that role yeah, my old man, he, uh, he owns and operates uh, an aged care group uh, and a number of aged care facilities. Um, so, yeah, you know, he's, he's been doing that, um, you know, for as long as I've been around. Uh, and so I've been exposed to that, to that industry, uh, but I actually went actually and moved into the family-owned business and started working in it. Um, so it was kind of that involvement, which um, is the reason I came across Adaptive clothing and footwear and with with adaptive clothing and, and footwear it, would you generally say it's less fashionable brands like is there adaptive clothing brands that normal or, or people without disabilities say wouldn't uh, know exist or are these brands normal everyday brands that you know i guess people would would know and, and hear of yeah so a lot of the brands are kind of a a little bit more unheard of, I guess, um, than say your traditional big name fashion brands. Um, yeah. You've got Tommy Hilfiger, who's definitely paving the way and leading the way in this space. And that they're doing an incredible job of um, giving consideration and thought. So Tommy Hilfiger Adaptive, um, they're the ones leading the, the way in this space and, and obviously a brand name that people associate with outside of the adaptive space. Uh, Nike, they're doing an incredible job uh, designing a, a collection of shoes that are easy to go, get on and off. Um, but aside from that, they're probably sm smaller brands, um, right. brands that people wouldn't have heard with heard of. And that's what we're trying to trying to do is consolidate the market, bring it all into the one spot. But um, a goal of ours is to work, um, and we've started the process is actually work with brands that people might recognise. 
on an everyday basis and get them to think about um, giving consideration to making fashion a bit more accessible for all. Right. So, so every human is essentially um, a marketplace that collates these brands that maybe not everyone knows about into one place. So instead of having to go to each individual brand and look for shoes in one, essentially shirts or pants or whatever, they can go to your website and your marketplace and have access to everything, essentially like a catalogue or a shop that's designed for the people that this obviously suits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. The, the way of the future. So, I mean... With this business, it's been around, is it 2019 you, you sort of kicked this off? Yeah, so we launched on the 3rd of December 20, 2019, yeah, uh, which is actually International Day of People with Disabilities. So, you know, we launched it on a very purpose purposeful day. Um, so we've been around for about a year and a half now, 18 months. Wow. And, and how, how much would you say you guys have, have grown in that time and um, how much have you learned in that time, right? Because it's quite yeah. a new space. Yeah, I mean, we so we've been the first people to sort of move into this space. Um, look, we we started with nine brands. There was it wasn't necessarily a concept that was proven here in Australia, let alone around the world. Um, so we started with nine brands um, across about I think it was ninety products, um, or yeah, ninety different styles of, of products. Um, as of last week, we've got about 80, 85 brands. Um, so we've kind of grown quite a bit. You know, it's also outside of the, the fashion space um, into more of a lifestyle offering as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we've grown, grown significantly um, and, and learned a hell of a lot as well. So I guess, you know, we were chatting a little bit prior to, to kicking this off and and you were saying, and I read a story on, on Afterpay's website around, you know, the kinds of people that you meet with this is, is incredible and their stories are, are so inspiring. Um, can, can you give us some insights as to, you know, maybe some of the, the people that have touched your life and, and I guess probably ignited the fire even more to, to make this more accessible to um, more and more people? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we worked with Afterpay on a, on a couple of occasions um, but I think that's, you know, it's, it's no secret that there are a lot of challenges when you're starting business um, and challenges where you go, oh, are we going to get through this? Um, but I think it's the purpose and why we do what we do, which is kind of what makes every day, it gets you out of bed. It's kind of what lights the fire a little bit. Um, we, we say this all the time. What we offer is, is life-changing. Um, and we have some incredible stories from customers um, who have, have written to us uh, at the age, you know, one of the, one comes to mind where this guy at the age of 25 has never been able to put on a pair of shoes. Um, and for the very first time in, in his life, uh, at the age of 25, uh, using one of our shoes uh, on the platform, he's been able to dress himself. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty powerful stuff um, because to be able to pro provide that independence and to be able to provide that choice um, and to be able to stand for something as a brand as well um, where people haven't necessarily had that choice and, and resonate, something that they resonate with, it, it, it's really powerful stuff. Um, and, yeah, we, we get to work with some incredible brand ambassadors, many of whom are going to the Paralympics in a, in a month's time. Uh, you know, Robin Lambert is one that stands out. She's a track and field athlete. Um, Kelly Cartwright, again, is sort of a track and field athlete. 
and these are all people going to the Paralympics and it, it's um, it's something that you know is incredible to work with these with these people and and something that I'm sure you probably weren't um, exposed to growing up right like I would say especially as Australians we live quite sheltered lives and and you know we we, we I'd say take for granted a lot of stuff that, you know, like you said, someone like putting your shoes on, which half the time we see is a pain in the ass in the morning. Yeah. You know, you have to, yeah. Um, you know, for someone to to see that as a life-changing event just shows how much the little things actually matter in this world to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's the thing. What we're trying to do is is not necessarily um, categorise these, these products and this offering for, with disabilities it's you know as you said putting in your shoes for anyone at, at times can be can be painful so how you know, why can't you know everyday people also also use these products as well yeah so so mate where where do you see i guess every human going because you, you know you look at some retailers online or, or, or some of these marketplaces even in Australia, like places like the uh, the iconic, or, or you go to you know bigger places like Amazon, for example, like there's there's an exponential growth curve that that could occur because, like we said, there's probably over a billion people in the world that you know these kinds of brands and these kinds of products can appeal to. Like, have you guys thought about you know what what the future holds and and where where you want to take this? Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, what we want to try and achieve, especially over sort of the next six to 12 months, is being that ultimate lifestyle destination for people with disabilities. And, you know, we're trying to make, we're trying to change the way people think um, about about disability. And, you know, we started off at adaptive fashion or accessible fashion, um, but we're trying to be that all-inclusive lifestyle platform where you can, you know, find beauty, tech, makeup, um, a whole range of, of products, um, I guess, that are accessible with accessibility sort of front of mind. Um, and yeah, we, we really do see this as, um, you know, becoming a, a way of curating products that are accessible and easy to use for for everyone and not necessarily just for people with disabilities, but for, for everyone in Australia. Um, you know, looking for function where, you know, function is at, at front of mind. Yeah. And and obviously, you know, like you said, it is for everyone, these brands, but I would say they're probably going to resonate with one segment of the marketplace greater than, than another. Do, do you market, I guess, your company and these products in, in, in a different way to say you would market or, or, or a traditional company marketing, traditional products would market? Like how does that, how does that yeah, play out? yeah. So you know, as I said, functions always, um, yeah. Uh, we always give consideration to, to, to the functionality and, and the benefit that a type of product can offer. Um, you know, we never, uh, we you know, whenever we're looking at products, uh, they've got to be fashion forward. Um, but when whenever we sort of market the the product offering, um, you've got to sort of communicate how. The benefits that can it can provide um you know for a wheelchair user how, how can a pair of jeans be designed differently uh to reduce um some of the challenges that they may face on a on a on a day um so yeah the products are marketed slightly differently um but we're super fashion forward we've got to sort of be in line with the rest of the sort of the fashion industry i guess um 
to make sure that these are products that people want to be wearing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and like you said, actually be, be fashionable as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, um, I know when I go out for, for a dinner, I put on a, a pair of jeans and a jacket and a button-down shirt. I, you know, I've got a, a bounce in my step. These people are no different. So the way that we market our products it should be no different either. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, mate, how, how do you obviously go from university um, – Sounds like you, you were in the, the finance sort of accounting field and then, you know, move into PwC and then do a complete sort of 360 um, and move into a completely different sphere just in the aged care and then from aged care obviously moving into to fashion. Um, what sort of drove that decision? Because obviously, you know, if you get into PwC, most people see themselves as becoming a partner of the firm and they start moving up the corporate ladder. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, you're told as a, as a high school kid or anyway, I was, um, that, you know, you follow the path to, to finishing university um, and then going to that corporate role. But I think for me, ever since I've left school, um, I was also always looking to do, you know, for, to work for myself and then not necessarily work for the man. Um, and it's something that's, I guess, been ingrained into what I've wanted to do since the age of 18. Um, I've seen my old man create a business himself. You know, he started with a, a couple of chicken shop, well, a single chicken shop, um, and then built it into two, I believe, uh, and then turned it, you know, started an aged care business off that. And so I think that entrepreneurial mindset has always been something that I've been exposed to. Um, and so, you know, when I was working at PwC and extremely grateful for my time that I've learned a lot um, in terms of the business, how a business operates and, and business fundamentals and, and whatnot. I wouldn't take that time back at all. Um, but I've always wanted to do to do my own thing. Um, and it's just, I guess, been a matter of finding the right opportunity. If there's been a few opportunities that have arose and they probably just weren't the right ones. Um, and it's something that I felt this was definitely the right one. And I was looking for to have a bit of purpose as well um, with, with the business. And, and this is something that just stood out. So it's always been something I've wanted to do. It's just, just come down to the right timing and um, I guess the right opportunity. Yeah. So, so I guess, you know, starting a business that is one thing, right. And generally people start businesses off the back of something that, you know, they've been like, you, you know, you could have been a PwC and gone, you know, I want to be an accountant now or something, or an accountancy firm, right? So you've already got yeah. the fundamental basics and you just sort of yeah. transition into just being your own boss. Jumping from corporate into essentially um, a business that you, you had probably had very little um, or very, knew very little about um, is one thing. And then how do you then go, okay, well, I'm going to now start a business off the back of it, um, an online business. Uh, uh, like a retailer, essentially. Like, what what steps did you have to go through to be able to, um, you know, get, get it off the ground? It sounds like yeah. obviously your dad's in aged care, and then um, e-commerce is, is is very different. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a matter of finding the right people. Uh, we, we work with some pretty great. Uh, we, I mean, we've got a pretty strong team. We've also got you know uh, digital agencies that we work with who are sort of the best at what they do. And have really been able to sort of guide us um, from, you know, a digital expertise standpoint. Uh, you know, I, I understand business, I understand the business fundamentals, and I understand what our customer needs uh, and wants. 
Um, but it's a matter of getting the right people in place to be able to, I guess, drive and then scale your growth as well, um, which is really, I guess, been sort of um, one of the reasons we've been able to sort of get the business up and running is we've been able to find the right people to assist us with with um, driving growth. And did you find that in a mentor? Did you find that in coaches? Um, where, where did you find, I guess, the right people? Yeah, um, so definitely there's a, there's a couple of mentors that I've had who have sort of really uh, assisted and, and sort of guided me, I guess, through this process. Uh, they sort of were more in the in the disability sort of space rather than the, the e-com space. Um, and then I guess it's just a matter of finding the right for us, I've been really lucky with with finding a digital agency that has been able to guide us somewhat. They've, they work with a number of really, really strong clients and, and growing clients, and they've been able to sort of guide us off the back of what they're seeing in market. So, yeah, if I had my time again, I probably would have found you know a mentor in the e-com space um, to assist you know and, and guide us some a little bit more. But um, I've been able to. I guess construct a team and put a team together um, that, in it in its own way, does does the same thing. For sure, and in, in eighteen months, right? It's it's grown so quite yeah. significantly. So, so you guys are obviously doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think um, we can definitely do better, and and it's you know, I'm never one to shy away from the fact that this is a constant learning experience. Um, I know a lot more than I do eighteen months ago, but there's still you're learning learning on a daily basis and i think that's one of as a business leader you need to be open to the fact that you're not going to know everything today um but if you can learn one thing every day um it should put you in good stead yeah you're better than you were yesterday so yeah. you know just touching on that if you look back not just on the 18 months that you guys have been in business but then also the time you spend in the aged care firm and and your time at pwc like what do you feel has, has been the biggest challenges over that time to sort of get to where you are right now? And then on top of that, what do you foresee uh, potentially being roadblocks or, or issues or speed humps, you know, that, that, that they're going to stop you or, or hold you back or potentially um, challenge you from getting to, to, I guess, where you want to be? Yeah, I think, um, you know, specific to the business uh, being, you know, over the past 18 months, um, the COVID situation has presented a huge challenge with inbound logistics uh, and, and that side of things that has been since day one, uh, one of the biggest challenges um, that we've faced. I mean, a bit more high level than that, you know, we adaptive fashion hasn't necessarily been something that people have known about. Um, so how do we, you know, educate people and destigmatize um, some of the, the perceptions i guess of what we're doing um has been has been a challenge and but you know it's something that we've done reasonably well um is is educating a consumer uh, and destigmatizing you know the way people think um a product should be positioned you know we've made it fun we've made it sexy we've made it cool um so we have been able to do that but it has been a challenge and it's required a lot of work um mm. to be able to do that um so, you know, the inbound logistics, you know, the, the, the perception of um, what adaptive fashion is uh, and that education process have, have been real challenges. Um, and, you know, we'll probably continue to, 
to be so for the next sort of 12 months. Um, and then in, in looking forward, um, you know, I do think we are looking to sort of international markets. Um, we're very lucky here in Australia where we've got the NDIS, which has allowed for tremendous innovation within the disability space. Um, but for markets that don't necessarily have that, that funding mechanism, um, how do we roll out into other international markets? That's probably, you know, the challenges that we see um, for the foreseeable future. Right. And is your model like a, a drop shipping as such model where you don't hold the actual product, you just the marketplace and then the, it gets shipped from someone else's factory as such? Or are you guys buying the product, bringing it in-house and then reselling it? Yeah, so we don't. Yeah, we don't run a marketplace model. We run a yeah, sort of more of a retail model where we right land the product um, and and then sort of distribute from our distribution center. So look, it, it's a bit more capital intensive that way, um, but it gives us an element of control. And um, given a lot of the brands are, are overseas based brands, um, we find that kind of works a little bit better. Yeah, especially, like you said, with logistics and actually being able to get things to people in a more efficient manner. Yeah. Um, and do you, yeah. do you see, you, do you see the, the, the business or the brand actually getting into designing your own fashion and, and, and having a, essentially a direct-to-consumer model where you guys will, will have a design team and, and build products that you feel fit the marketplace or where you see gaps? Because I guess that's the blessing where the position you sit in, right? You, you see what is selling really well, you see what's probably not selling as well, and you see how things can be changed. Yeah, absolutely. Look, to be honest, when we when I was first looking at this whole space, um, designing our own brand was probably the idea I had prior to, to being an e-commerce retail of, of multiple brands. Uh, it's something that's probably going to be on the radar at some stage. But as you said, um, it's kind of a matter of learning of, you know, the highest performing categories that we've got um, mm-hmm. and then either filling the gaps where there's not necessarily product or, um, you know, creating something that um, off the back of, you know, a high-performing uh, offering. So, look, it's something that we will give consideration to at some stage, um, but at, at this stage we're giving, we're, our, our aim is to give more choice through a greater product offering, um, you know, for the short term. Gold, gold. Mate, um, conscious of your time, I think it's been a pretty inspiring chat and it, I think for a lot of people it'll open up that ideas window where you know it sounds like you were just going about your day-to-day life and thought well this is something that I probably didn't know a lot about and and I think there's a huge marketplace for that and you've obviously leveraged off the back of that and are growing something pretty exciting so uh, Matt I thank you very much for your time mate and uh, I think people are going to get a lot of gold from this yeah awesome thanks Jack appreciate it thanks mate